Hello, everyone. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are in the world today. My name is Emily. I am one of the Chatterbug tutors and streamers here for English. Um, sorry, I moved the time a couple of a couple of times there. I needed to try to find somewhere where the connection was strong enough. So hopefully, the internet will be good where I am. I'm in the middle of a city now. Um, currently, I am on a big trip driving from Canada down to Argentina. Right now I'm in Colombia. And so I am currently in a city called Pereira. And I'm going to be heading to the coffee region next. And then probably in the next week or so, I'll continue south into Ecuador. So hello and uh, streaming to you live from Colombia. Come say hello in the chat. Let me know where you're from, how you're doing today. Um, we're going to have a very interesting topic today, all about social entrepreneurship. So this word, entrepreneur, it's a big word. I'm sure you've heard it before. What does it mean? Um, so this is the activity of setting up a business or multiple businesses. Some people who do this many times would be called a serial entrepreneur. Um, and in the original sense, usually this is talking about trying to go after some profit, so making money. Um, typically, they're going to be measuring their business um, in things like, yeah, how's the revenue? How's the profit? Increases in stock prices, things like this. Um, so that's an entrepreneur. And hello, everyone in the chat. Good to have you here. Um, Xavier asks if I'll come to Brazil, um, if I'll come to Mato Grosso. Could be, yeah. I think, is Mato Grosso where Bonito is? I think that's like the Pantanal, right? Um, I think probably I will be coming through there. Uh, not sure when, but uh, I'm trying to get down to Patagonia in the next two months. So I have a lot of ground to cover. Um, I think about, there's like five full days of driving to get to the southern part of, um, southern part of Argentina where I'm headed. Cool. And we have, yes, we have Brazil in the house then, Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, Hakim, hello. Um, Yasa from Turkey. Cool. So we have people from all over the world today. Um, I'm curious to know if you guys have heard about um, social entrepreneurship. So that is what we're going to talk about today. Um, let me know, though, what, what do you think is the most important aspect of entrepreneurship? So someone creating businesses. Is it... Um, to stimulate the wider economy? Is it to create job opportunities, promote research and development? Um, so kind of innovation, uh, develop community or make social change. So what do you think are the reasons that people should become entrepreneurs? Um, why is it important? Let me know. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, so Xavier said yes. So Mato Grosso, yeah, near the Pantanal. Um, Another Brazilian from Curitiba. Cool. And Canada, Jasmine, good to have you. Morocco, Russia, lots of the world covered today. So many people, I think it's the afternoon or evening for us now. Currently where I am, it is 1.30 in the afternoon. Um, so I'm just currently streaming to you from my camper van. <laughs> um, all right, so let's see what people are saying here. So making social change, interesting, and community, right? So 
you know, in the traditional sense, I think people talk, think about creating businesses, you know, just to make money. But it seems like here now people are thinking about beyond that. You know, it's creating opportunities, making social change, promoting research and development. All of these are important. Yes, totally. That's what Hakeem says in the chat. I agree, Hakeem. Um, all of them are important, but I guess it's like in your uh, your own opinion, which one is the most important? All right. So let's get into it then. I think what we're going to talk about today is a subsect of entrepreneurship, which is called social entrepreneurship. So focusing on doing social good. What does that mean? Um, so you're trying to develop, fund, or implement um, or manage solutions to social, cultural, or environmental issues. Um, so this could be like sort of a nonprofit, uh, or it could be one that is a for-profit company, but they are having some social aspects. Um, they're looking for some sort of return for society um, and looking to do well by doing good. So it's kind of combining that business mind with the helping hand idea and trying to match those in the middle. Um, potentially, especially if you've studied business at all, you might have heard about this phrase, the triple bottom line, people, planet, and profit. So the idea is that to be a truly sustainable business, you need to have all three. You need to care about all three. Um, so for people, uh, traditionally businesses focus on their shareholders. So those are their investors, the people who are actually putting money in. But now it's kind of changing a bit. People are talking about stakeholders instead. Um, so stakeholders would be anyone who has an interest in the company. It could be uh, the employees. It could be, let's say, if it's a real estate developer or something. It's the community that lives around the building. Um, it's your suppliers. It's not, it's not just about the shareholders or the owners. So planet, um, I think everyone understands now why this is such a focus. It's so important that we are looking after our planet. Um, and let's see here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a staggering amount of pollution that's happening for all types of companies. And so companies are trying to come up with a way to be more sustainable or even going after net zero carbon. So trying to have a net zero impact. And profit. So we do live in, many of us, not all of us, maybe live in capitalist economies. And so you need to have profit generated for shareholders. Um, so that's the triple bottom line. So when we're thinking about these companies that have a very strong social or environmental purpose alongside profits, so they are still making money, they're selling some sort of good or service. Um, can you think of any from examples? They might be international examples, maybe just an example from your country, or are there any kind of purely social enterprises that you um, have noticed around your where you live? Let me know. I will go through today um, a few examples from around the world. Um, a couple of them I've purchased products from, so I'm familiar with. Maybe, maybe you have as well. Um, and then we'll talk about kind of what, 
what creates a good social enterprise and the types of social enterprises. Let's see, so no ideas yet. Hmm. What do you guys think? Is there any company which, you know, they are making money, but they are really, really uh, strong talking about environmental. What do you think? And yeah, yeah, Hakeem in the chat saying saw a documentary re documentary recently about glaciers disappearing. Yes, I think uh, we've probably gone beyond the point of no return. So hopefully, you know, there's, I don't know, We'll, we'll have to see what, what can be done, I guess. Um, parts of the world are going to become an, uninhabitable. So already there's migrant crisis from, you know, from wars and from other envi uh, environmental events. But I think it's just going to increase. So definitely something that we are going to deal with in our lifetimes. Okay, so another example here from Odun, Together Nations. Um, so to come tell us in the chat, what do they do? Are they purely social? Do they have a product that they sell? Greenpeace, Greenpeace is, yeah, that's, that's like a pure kind of nonprofit, exactly. kind of a spectrum. I'm going to keep going to the next slide, but um, if you have one that comes to mind you want to share with the group, go ahead and add it in the chat. So let's see. So example from Brazil, there's a company called Natura, which produces um, beauty products with plants from the Amazon. Awesome. Yeah, great example. So I guess as long as they're doing that in a sustainable way, um, not taking all the plants and using them all up if they're, they're um, you know, creating 100% natural products in a sustainable way, then that's a perfect example. Okay, so I'm gonna go through a few different types of social enterprises now. This isn't exhaustive, meaning I'm not gonna cover everything, but it's just a few examples that I found. So one type of entrepreneur as a social entrepreneur could be the community. So this would be someone who's looking to serve the needs of a small geographic area, creating jobs maybe for marginalized members of society. So marginalized means people living on the margins or the edge of society. So they don't have as many opportunities. An example of this could be like building a community center, giving microfinance loans. So that's giving kind of small scale loans, maybe for people to get small businesses started, a kiosk, um, you know, a market stall, something kind of small scale to get going would be examples of a community level social entrepreneur. Um, what else about this point? So yeah, this would be maybe where people start. If you're someone who is interested in, um, yeah, getting involved with the community as part of your job, you might start kind of locally and then build up and up and up. People who eventually work for those large multinational nonprofits probably started in their community locally. Okay, another good example from Lou, too good to go. Yes, so if this is what I think it is, um, it's an app which 
uh, at the end of the day, restaurants can put discounted items so that food doesn't get thrown away. Or grocery stores can do like a basket of goods that's really discounted because it's going to go, it's going to expire the next day. I've used that app in London if that's the one you're talking about, Lou. But maybe it's in different countries. But yeah, that's an awesome example of the companies being able to sell their products, but not creating waste. Um, and the person who is using the app getting a great deal. Cool. Yeah, so I didn't know it was international. If it is in different countries, I reckon, recommend checking it out. Too good to go. Okay, let's keep going then. So that was our first example, the community, kind of grassroots, maybe a word you've heard about. So a grassroots organization really means at the smallest community level. Then there's the nonprofit. Um, so this is pure social gain, um, but it is still a business. So they are making some profits, but they are reinvested into the business. Um, they probably have some sort of funding available and it's someone who's kind of business savvy that's looking to create this, um, this entrepreneur. So let's see here. <laughs> An example of this is Goodwill, which um, people take donated goods um, and they resell them and the money used was helping to train poor residents um, to help give them jobs. So this was kind of a way that um, you had that cycle of reinvesting profits into the business and improving people's lives. So transformational social entrepreneur. So someone who has identified, you know, government's not meeting this need, businesses aren't meeting this need, we need to do something transformational, something really exceptional. Um, so often with time and growth, nonprofits will get to this stage where they're kind of the big beast social companies. Um, and they're able to attract the best talent. So the best people who are interested in working in this industry um, to help, yeah, create even more benefits. And global social entrepreneur examples of this could be like the Gates Foundation. You know, this is the largest organizations meeting major social needs, access to education, clean water, things like that. Um, and I was, as I was reading this, I was a little bit confused because I'm like, where's the line for a nonprofit and where's the line for a social enterprise? So often when I'm doing streams, I just research a topic that I'm kind of interested in learning about too. And then I share with you what I find. Um, so in this case, I found, you know, it is a spectrum. So in the image, it might be a bit small, but we can see at least the big, uh, the big circles. So on the left, there's a traditional charity, you know, which is pure social value. And then on the right, there's traditional business, pure financial value. And in the middle, you're gonna have varying levels. It's a spectrum for social businesses. They might err more to being more on the social side or maybe they are still trying to make more money. So, you know, it might be, for example, like 20% of profits go to charity or some, something like that. There's, there's probably different mixes. 
Um, let's see here. And one of the keys as well would be the source of funding. So in a social enterprise, usually they do have a product or a service. It's something that they're selling to the community, to other people. Whereas a pure nonprofit or a pure charity might be relying on donations or government funding. So their funding is coming um, not as a result of making sales. Um, so I thought that was the easiest way to kind of think about the difference. So yeah, ideally, the social enterprise will be uh, self-sustaining. It's going to be able to sell whatever product they choose, use that money to reinvest in the business, to help their social cause that they're interested in. And it creates this nice cycle, ideally. Um, so there's many causes out there. I'd like to know what are some causes that are important to you. If you were to, um, let's say, let's say supermarkets, maybe one supermarket you could you could shop at says we are going to put one percent of our sales towards this cause. What would make you feel like, yeah, that's I'm going to shop there because I like that they have. Um, you know, a cause that matters to me. That could be something environmental, something social, you know, to do with education, health. Um, what causes are important to you? I think for me, anything to do with education, I think is extremely important because, you know, if people are educated, they have the opportunity to be educated, then I think other outcomes are good as well. So like health outcomes, you know, if someone knows how to, how to do research maybe to how to make healthy food, what they need to do to be healthy, then having that education could help them. It could help keep them out of poverty. Um, yeah, so orphanages, orphans, homeless, animal rescue, great. Yeah, so maybe some of the, brands which say that you know they do not test on animals and they also put money towards animal rescue would work for you Manu yeah and so Lou example Oxfam as a nonprofit in the chat exactly so that one's a pure nonprofit they are relying on donations and government funding maybe they sell some products I'm not sure like if they were selling let's say like cups or t-shirts or things like that, then you could consider that social enterprise. But I, I don't think they do. I think some of the large charities might have some products they sell, and then that would make it a little bit, um, yeah, a little bit different from just pure donations. Let's see here. And I think this is become this is important. You know, I think not just at the individual level, but I think for companies large investors, they're starting to think about more, um, you know, the companies they're investing in, are they doing good in the community? Um, so Lou says, um, I like to know that maybe the money goes to the poor people from third, third world countries or developing countries less developed countries. We don't usually, third world country, I think is a little bit out of date to say. People, I, I know what you mean. 
but I think now it's more like less developed countries <clears throat> or the global south, I've heard as well, people say, rather than third world. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think, so knowing that your money is going somewhere good, I suppose that could be buying brands or products that are fair trade. So fair trade goods usually means that they are paying, you know, the farmer, the initial supplier, a fair wage. So, I mean, you have fair trade, you have organic, you have all these things, but it's, yeah, it's difficult to know. And also things are getting so expensive. So where do you, where do you put your money? Um, cool. Okay. Some good examples, guys. Assistant. And Kim says, sounds kind of racist third world. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of seen as like a negative. Um, and yeah, certainly could be could be racist. I think what I've heard recently is global south. Um, it's not necessarily that all global south countries are less developed, but or less developed countries. Um, so LDCs or is what I've heard. I don't know. What have you guys heard? Um, in the chat, let me know what are some other terms to refer to less developed countries. Maybe there's a translation from your language you could share with us that you use. Okay, so let's go through a few examples now of some companies which are doing really cool things in this space. The first one is quite recent that... Um, Maybe you saw it in the news. This company, Patagonia, is a $3 billion outdoor clothing and accessory companies. Um, and recently, the owner, the shareholder, um, decided that rather than sell the company, since he's getting old and um, I think his family isn't necessarily going to take it over, he has decided to change the company into a trust which has said that all future profits, so 100% of profits from the company will go towards fighting climate change. So there was a quote, um, I think this just happened a couple of months ago, if I'm correct, uh, but they said Earth is now the company's only shareholder. Um, but this isn't new for Patagonia. Let me know if you're, you're familiar with this company. I think they're fairly global. It's an American company, but I think it's popular in other parts of the world too. Um, but since, yeah, since 1985, actually, they've been giving 1% of their sales to the environment. So this is a company that has been doing this for a long time. And now going forward, all profits will be for fighting climate change. It's also a B corporation, um, which is a certification. I think it's global as well. Um, that shows that you're kind of committed to the common good or social good. Um, so let's see what happens. I think this is a very new structure for a company to to say that they're going to do this. They're going to, you know, all profits are going to go towards climate change. They're still going to innovate and create some cool new products um, and try to remain popular. Uh, they're quite popular around, I think, in the finance industry. It's popular for people to have like Patagonia branded uh, with their company this uh, vests and fleeces and things so they do a lot of corporate client um, clothing so 
let's see, this is a good way for maybe companies too to say, yeah, we're going to keep buying Patagonia clothes for our corporate wear because all of those profits are going towards climate change, which is cool. So that's Patagonia. Good recent example. Here's one of the kind of originals, I would say, in this new area where people were starting to think about profit and purpose. Tom's Shoes, another international um, favorite. I think it's in many countries around the world. I've seen it sold in different countries. These are kind of like a slip-on shoe. And they um, started out as a kind of an idea that every time you purchase a pair of shoes, you will give a pair of shoes to someone in need. So someone earlier said, like, I'd like to know when I buy something, it's maybe helping people who actually helped make the product. Um, maybe this could be a cool way where companies are giving something back. So I think they've given, yeah, almost 100 million shoes now. And I guess they've sort of reached a point where they said, okay, that's that's a lot of shoes. So now they are expanding access to safe drinking water, eye surgeries, bullying prevention, safe births. So these in different parts of the world. Um, they're putting now to, uh, one third of their total profits to grassroots organizations. So remember grassroots is another way to say like a community level organization. So that's great. They kind of started with this like one for one. And I think maybe they realized it wasn't necessarily fulfilling the, the need that it needed to anymore. People had shoes now, maybe in some places, probably, you know, there's still places, of course, people don't. But they decided instead to give one third of profits to those community level organizations that know what the need is. Sometimes if you think about like, yeah, they everyone's buying these shoes and then they have this big stack of shoes and they're going to give it out to people. But actually people are like, uh, we don't even have drinking water. <laughs> like, you know, we, we don't need a pair of shoes. So I think the idea is to instead say, no, we're going to let the community decide where they need the money. Another one, I is a little bit familiar when I read about it, but I, I don't know if I actually have, have seen these around. Um, this is called Love Your Melon. So melon is another thing that people sometimes call their head. It's a slang term for your head. Um, not super common, but that's, I think, where it comes from. Um, and so started as a nonprofit, but it became a profit company in 2016. Um, when they were a nonprofit, they were doing the same one hat for every hat purchased um, to a child battling cancer. So, of course, they lose their hair when they're battling cancer. Um, but now, I think, as they moved to a profit company... They decided that they're going to give 50% of net profits to fight pediatric cancers. So again, rather than like giving these kids this hat, maybe they don't really need or want this hat. It's kind of a cute, cute gimmick. But ultimately, it's much better to use those funds um, and to look to maximize profit, which looks to maximize um, donations in this case to fight cancer. Awesome. So good example from Hakeem. So a famous restaurant in Saudi Arabia, which has many branches, donates 1% of each meal.
to charity. Perfect. You know, it's something so simple, but it makes someone as a consumer feel good. And maybe if you were kind of hungry and you were choosing between two restaurants, you'd be like, oh, let's go to them. They do a lot of good work. Um, so I think consumers care about, um, yeah, care about companies which seem to care about the community. So that's Love Your Melon. And the last example, Lush. Um, so they are uh, originally from the UK, but I think now they're pretty global as well. Uh, they don't do any animal testing and they do have um, one product, which is 100% of profits. So, you know, like the other companies we saw, they do one third of their profit, half of their profit. It could just be some of the products that they say these are 100% um, going to charity. So in this case, they have a body lotion, which goes towards animal welfare, human rights, environmental considerations. And so if you were going to choose between two different body lotions, again, you're like, well, this one goes 100% to charity. And while you're in the store, maybe you buy something else. And that's probably what they're hoping for. Um, but I think they have been, since they started, quite an environmentally and socially uh, engaged company. So that's Lush. I'm curious. I think that many of these are international products. Um, if you haven't heard of any of them, no problem. I'm just curious here with this, the quiz if you've purchased any products from these. Um, I know Patagonia, but actually I don't think I have owned anything Patagonia. I've owned a few pairs of Toms. They are very comfortable shoes for traveling. They kind of feel like you're wearing a flip-flop almost, but it has the canvas around it. So yeah, they're comfortable for kind of like traveling around a city and you can throw them in the washing machine if they get gross. <laughs> so Toms are pretty good. Love your melon. I haven't heard of it, but I was looking on the website and they do have some very cute toques or beanies. So in Canada, we call those hats toques. And in the United States, they call them beanies. And then in the UK, they call them woolly hats, I think, so made of wool. Um, but I would call it a toque, something you'd wear in the winter. And Lush, yeah, I've bought, I've bought plenty of Lush products. I love their bath bombs. Cool. All right. Yeah, I think Lush is, I, you find it in like lots of airports and stuff now even. So I think they're, they've expanded a lot. Okay. And so as a final topic here, what qualities do you think are necessary to be a social entrepreneur? So I think, you know, to be an entrepreneur, we probably have ideas of like, you know, the type of person who starts a business. But what do you think is necessary to do well as a social entrepreneur? Give you guys a moment. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, Hakeem, I'll, I'll type it out for you how you say toque. So, toque is a beanie, is a woolly hat. So, that's you can, like a winter hat. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, some good ideas from Lou. So be creative, strong communication skills, high expertise. Excellent. What are some other qualities if you were trying to start a new social enterprise? Be passionate. Think about others. Yeah, totally. So think about others. A word for that is empathy. So being empathetic. To be concerned about a specific problem. Yep, I think that'd be a great place to start. Um, if you try to solve all of the world's problems through one organization, you might struggle um, to have a big impact. So I think that's a great idea to be specific. Transparency, totally. Yeah, if you are telling people that you're going to spend 50% of profits on some social cause and you don't prove it, that's, uh, yeah, people might not be willing to come shop with you anymore. Grace, pathetic. I think empathetic is what you're thinking of. Pathetic means something very different and negative, actually. So empathetic. Empathetic. Empathetic means you put yourself in someone else's shoes. Pathetic means that you kind of like, it's almost another way to call someone weak or uh, like silly. Like, let me think of another way to ex explain the meaning there. Like pitiful, vulnerable, inadequate. That would be ways. Um, Cool. Yeah, some excellent ideas here. So on the next slide, I'll go through a few that I found. Um, and if you have any more to add, just pop them in the chat. So the first one, deep empathy. So a few people mentioned this, you know, thinking about others is another way to say this, being empathetic. So deep uh, empathy. Um, someone who either they've lived the problem themselves or maybe people in their community or their family members, they need to like really understand where people are coming from. Innovation. So, you know, not just trying to do what's been done before. Maybe there's a reason it hasn't worked yet. So doing something kind of new, novel, um, trying to solve the root of the problem. A systemic view. So this means, um, you know, you might need to look to change mindset or culture or policies to make things happen. Um, so looking at the system as a whole, you're not just working in isolation, like this is your little organization here and you're going to fix everything. Now you have to think about how everything is connected as a system. Um, said so Lou saying long-term and strategic thinking, totally. I think strategic thinking is a part of that system thinking too. A sustainable approach, we've talked about that lots today. So the triple bottom line, people, profit, um, and planet. Trying so sustainability, becoming self-sustaining, I think is the ideal for these social businesses. If they're able to find a product that people want and they can use that money to keep the business going um, and also donate to causes, they're doing great. And finally, involving change makers. So I think this is kind of similar to the systemic view. So the social entrepreneur is not working in isolation, in a silo, sometimes people say. Um, so not interacting with others. No, they need to figure out who can help them make change in their community. 
So maybe someone who is politically engaged, at least has these political connections, could be important. So cool. That's it for today. I hope you learned something. It was interesting for me as well to research this topic about social entrepreneurship. I think that, um, you know, this is something that people as consumers are demanding and also investors are demanding. So I think we're going to see more companies that are trying to prove their worth to consumers. They're going to say, you know, we're not just creating a product or a service. You know, we also do all these great things. And I, yeah, I think it's something that's going to continue to grow. So let's see what happens. And maybe we'll hear of some new examples in the next while. All right. So enjoy the rest of your day. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.